Welcome to a mini episode for season three of Do Better Research, the learning focused podcast about research methods. I had a fascinating conversation with Diana Tremaine, which has been split into two parts. In this first, shorter conversation, we discussed the doing of a PhD. Diana has some great insights, so if you're a PhD applicant or candidate, this will hopefully help reassure you and help you make progress. So I'm going to start off by asking a question, a couple of questions that I ask everybody and it's just because I'm really nosy and I think people are interested in how other people do research and what kind of research they do. So that first question is, what is it you enjoy about doing research? Yeah, and it's funny because that's such a, it's such a straightforward question, but it could go so many different ways, couldn't it? And I was thinking about this because my, I, you know, my background is in education, so um I suppose for me, my kind of approach to research started very much with kind of action research projects and, and those kind of classroom based projects, which which are really exciting because you have that, you know, even though you often don't have time perhaps to do as much as you'd like, you're engaging with your with your students, you're kind of just thinking about things that are gonna have a I don't know, an impact on on them and on you as a as a teacher. So that's kind of I suppose what I enjoyed very much as a as a practitioner, just the sort of being quite hands on, but then also having that time to reflect about it as well, and mm. and that's something that I think you know whatever your whatever your role is, um, certainly in teaching, reflections you know a huge part of it, isn't it? And and it's quite hard sometimes to make the time, so so research can give you that a little bit of space almost to to do that. And I suppose being involved in kind of doctoral research, kind of bigger research projects. It's. I'm trying to think in terms of what you enjoy about it. In in a way, it's it's enjoying and not enjoying at the same time. Is that sort of grappling with things? I think over a, an extended period, which which sometimes can not be at all enjoyable. <laughs> Other times, you think, ah, oh, yeah, okay, something suddenly becomes a little bit clearer. Um, so that's something. And I think just the opportunity. You know, it's it's a privilege. I think, isn't it, to to be able to to kind of work with people to, to mm. talk to people you know my research is is based around professional learning um so obviously linked very much to my my teaching background my education background and further education and actually just having that opportunity to to work with people you know I, I think I see research very much as being something that you do with people rather than to people and um and that is it's it's that's really exciting and that's in a way that's the bit that's most enjoyable and thinking well how's that going to potentially support people in the future so I suppose I don't know is that clear enough I'm not sure if that's enough but yeah there's lots of enjoyable things about it and I'm, I'm sort of reflecting on on those having having got through the, the 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 PhD bit of it it's quite nice to be able to reflect a little bit on what's enjoyable about it no absolutely and that is I mean I think that's there's a lot of things in there that, that come up for a lot of researchers and as you say it is a real privilege to be able to do the research with people um, but I really like what you said there about not having the time to do as much as you'd like, but the research itself giving you that time to reflect and think about your practice and think about mm. the impact that you're having and on, on yourself and, and other people. And I think that's mm. a really interesting and important point to make. Mm, I think so. And I think and I do think it applies right across the board. But I know in terms of teaching you know I've, I've often worked as sort of a an advanced practitioner working to support teachers and things and, and teachers would always say but we don't have time to do this but but often once people 
manage just to create that little bit of space, um, it has a really big impact because just being able to to reflect on your practice and to step back, but also be immersed in it at the same time, I think is is really important. And um, and it does it 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 almost allows that that space to to sort of happen. Um, and it's so important, I think, for you know whatever you whatever you your 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 approach is whatever your role is it just you you need that time don't you I think it it makes such a difference so that that brings us really nicely on to my second question which is what's been your favorite research project because you said you 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 did some sort of practitioner research and then in you moved into your PhD what's been your favorite research project to work on and and why (laughs) um this is it. Yeah, I, I was thinking, do I have to say my thesis? Do I have to say? <laughs> you, no, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. But I think I probably should, actually. <laughs> it's really hard to sort of define it because I suppose for me, in a way, and I think I think this is, in a way, it links very much to the whole process of research, doesn't it? It's a process and it's something that evolves and, and all the different iterations as you, as you go through things. But all those smaller projects that I did you know classroom-based practice and then MA projects and things I suppose led on to 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 my thesis and to you know to my doctoral research so in a way that's the kind of not the culmination because obviously it carries on but having that opportunity to to undertake a, a bigger piece of research has been really you know it's it's been quite exciting it's also been a nightmare at times like all these things are and you know I'm not gonna ever say that everything's perfect and I don't think any anyone involved in research would would do that really so I would say it's been my favorite and my least favorite in in equal measures at sometimes but I think I think what's been exciting about it and, and I suppose what makes it what makes it the, the sort of current favorite piece of research is just the amount of time and the sort of the depth that you can go into in in as you, as you undertake that sort of a bigger piece of, of research um, and that's something that um, obviously it's a huge challenge and you can have those moments when you know you you can feel quite lost I think in a, in a, in a project can't you you can feel mm. as if you're not quite sure where it's going or if, if you're going down the right track but actually you have those kind of chinks of, of light that where things fall into place a little bit and I think what I've really enjoyed about it is is the opportunity to be so immersed in um, in a particular, I suppose, like a, a space. You know, my my research is around Twitter, and it's 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 based around a Twitter chat, and um, so that the project has meant you know being very involved in that sort of during key points, but also you know being very involved in in talking to the people. Who are who are the participants in the project, and just kind of just all the things that that leads on to. So that's that's what's exciting about it. You know, you you think you've sort of done one thing, you've thought about one aspect of it, but it leads on to something else. And and I suppose what's what's nice now um, is the way that you can think about where it might go next and what it leads on to. So that to me is is quite exciting. And I suppose so it is my favourite because in a way. Um, the Twitter chat that I'm exploring was something that was very important to me and to my professional development, I guess. Um, so being able to explore that um, and kind of build on that and, and think about that for, for the amount of time I've been able to is, yeah, it's been really exciting. So 
Although, so I'm, I'm, I'm being remarkably positive, actually. I wasn't sure I was going to be this positive. <laughs> <laughs> but although, you know, you have those real moments it, as you're kind of plodding through the, the bits of, of, of your, your doctoral research and thinking, am I ever going to get to the end? Um, actually, it, you know, now I'm, perhaps, perhaps I'm finally getting to that point where it feels quite exciting to have done it and, and to think about where it, where it can go next. I think that's a really good point around doctoral research is that the scope is very exciting, but the scale is very intimidating. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know they sound really similar, but it, you could you could do anything, but you can't do everything. And then suddenly you find yourself in that position where you're worried whether or not mm. you're going down the right route or whether what you're doing is making sense and is going to have mm. an impact. But you, you, you kind of just have to stick with it and have faith that you'll get there yeah exactly and I think it's you have those moments I think don't you where you think so what's this going to what's it going to mean you know is, is anyone going to read it is it going to is it going to have any impact on anything and um and and I suppose then you have those moments of doubt but then I think at the same time that like you say it's very it's great when you share things with people you talk mm-hmm. to people and they say oh okay no that that's really interesting well, that, that, yeah that 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 makes sense. I'd like to find out more about that. And um, so actually, one of the things that, you know, is, is I've found more and more important is is that whole aspect of, of sharing it with people and talking to people about it. Because I think we sometimes worry, don't we, that we haven't got anything worth saying. And um, if you don't say it, then you're not going to find out really, are you? So you, you've got to, you've got to, you know, be, be brave enough to, to share it and to talk to people about it. Absolutely. That that idea of bravery is a really important one, isn't it? The idea that you have got something worthwhile to say, you are saying something worthwhile, and you just have to be confident enough to, to as you said, share it, because it can be very mm. easy that once you've written it, once you've done it, is to, to kind of hold it and not do anything with it, not not put it out there. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, because I was, I was involved in a, a conference last week, and uh, speaking about I chose a topic of speaking about uncertainty and kind of embracing uncertainty in research and scholarship. And, and I suppose a lot, you know, a lot of research, you know, for me, from my experience, it's about not quite being sure what, where it's going, what's happening, or thinking about the, the way that things might evolve as, as it, as it sort of progresses and, and being kind of happy to, to sort of live with that a little bit and think about, what, what that means and as I say embrace it so that you can actually think okay well I, this this is one way of doing things this is another way of doing things I'm just going to sit here and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of take some time and, and, and think about what the right way to do or what the what the kind of right way at this moment is is to progress mm-hmm. with it and um and it was interesting just talking about this whole idea of uncertainty and, and people saying how helpful it was <laughs> because because actually that's what we all tend to go through, isn't it? That whole sort of like, oh, what am I doing? Is is this is this the right thing to do? And um, 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 you know that expectation sometimes that we have to have definite answers, which certainly isn't my experience of of research or of life generally. I think. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I think you make a really good point there about finding the right way of doing things for the time that you're in. Mm. So we, I mean, we're talking about this in the midst of a global pandemic, 
where a lot of people's doctoral research has been disrupted by that. A lot of people's yeah. research more generally has been disrupted by that and they can't necessarily do the things that they originally or initially intended to do. So for a long time, you know, think simple things like face-to-face interviews or getting lab space mm. was very difficult, if not impossible. And it's about being adaptable and, and being comfortable with the uncertainty and that's a really difficult place to be isn't it I think it I think it is I think it can be a real challenge and and again you know my, my work um at, at Leeds Beckett is is with with student teachers so you know trainee teachers who are have been doing that this year and and trying to get their heads around the whole kind of how how do I teach now and I think (laughs) it applies in just the same way to to research it applies people's jobs and work doesn't it and and then what's interesting I think more and more now is is hearing people say um almost the other side of it which is okay well we've we've learned such valuable things during this time we need to hold Mm. on to those those things that we have learned so like you say you know in terms of interviews and things well actually you know face-to-face interviews can be can be great they can be really really useful but they're not essential and I think that idea you know when I, even even though I was doing a, a a research project which is very much focused on um online spaces I I did some of my interviews face-to-face because um, this was pre-pandemic um, and I kind of wanted to I think I felt that I wanted a bit of a face-to-face element to, to things at that time but actually now I don't think I'd worry about that at all um, mm. it's nice to sit and have a coffee with someone it's nice to do to do those things but I certainly I think there will be things that people will it will have taken away not quite the stigma of that but there you know there are still sort of certain ways that people might say well this this is this is you know this is the gold standard isn't it you really should do this yeah. and you can have all the different interaction I think some of those um those perceptions will have changed, you know, in a positive way, hopefully, I think, sort of during this this last this time. But I think you're right. It's a huge challenge and it's been a huge challenge for people undertaking kind of the earlier stages of their research projects at the moment. And, um, you know, certainly hope that, that they've been able to be supported because I think it's, it's not an easy time, is it, when you, you come up with what you think is a plan and then you have to change it completely. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right there around the support that's available. And what you were just saying there really reminds me of a conversation that I'd had with some other researchers over Twitter, actually, which is quite entertaining, um, because I seem to do quite a lot of my conversations with researchers over Twitter about things like incorporating walking interviews and doing interviews in an outdoor space, which, you know, researchers have traditionally shied away from because they're not private they're not you know it's much more difficult to do confidentiality but at the same time when you can't be in a room with someone Mm. a walking interview is obviously that has its challenges and it's in its in its issues as as it is but it it, it's not any less valid not at all no and I think that's great and I remember um you know seeing some events and things which were focusing on walking interviews pre-pandemic and and thinking you know that's something that I think I think it's a great idea and I can absolutely see, see the value of that so much and, and obviously again it's something that perhaps has come into its own a little bit as an option mm-hmm. now because 
because it's a sort of a safer way of, of doing the face-to-face aspect. But also, I can really see that the value of, of, of being outside and the different type of conversations you might have. It might lead you in different ways. And and I think that is, it is really interesting, isn't it, that, that some things have perhaps opened up, yeah, how we, how we perceive things and, and what we might be open to exploring for the future. And, and I kind of hope that that, hope that that stays with us. Yeah, me too. Just thinking back to all the other conversations I seem to have with researchers and particularly PhD students on, on Twitter. I remember not long ago, actually, someone someone posted on Twitter and said, um, you know, is it normal to, to, to read your PhD and it not feel very good? And I... <laughs> I remember submitting my PhD and I think within within a few hours of submitting I, I stupidly went back and re-looked at it and realised that there was a there was a typo. Oh yes, yeah. In like the first few pages and just thinking, what on earth have I done? <laughs> and it's taken me a long time to come to terms with that. But I think one of the important things around your PhD research is to know that it's not the destination. Yeah. And this goes back to something you said earlier around it being it's not the culmination. I think you're right and and I think that's actually really scary isn't it because that's what you think of it as you think I've got to get this done and and then that's and then that's it and like you say you send it off and I did exactly the same thing Suzanne I I looked at it and I thought oh no there was something and I thought it's not it was meant to be alphabetical and it's not alphabetical (laughs) and as if that would be like the be all and end all of, of everything and then I went through and found I thought I'd done wonderful proofreading and I still managed to find, you know, just silly things. That's yeah. But you're absolutely right. It's it's not it's not about the end of it. And and there's going to be things, aren't there? You know, and I, and I was I picked up my thesis again to sort of have a look at before today. And and there's always something you think, oh, why, why did I say that? <laughs> or, or I wouldn't say that quite like that now. But then I suppose yeah. that, that's a that's a good sign, really, in a way, isn't it? Because it means it's not just static it's not just there and you, your thinking has changed and and it's not just your thinking in a way it's you know I, I really struggled um with with the writing with putting it all down in in words and I, I think I've sort of said this to other people that I kind of wished I could have just tweeted it it would have been a lot easier um but putting it into huge chapters I found so difficult and it got easier as I went along and you know I I realized I could write you know thousands of words but that was it was that was terrifying for me so then sort of getting to the end of that it felt well it felt like quite a momentous achievement to have produced you know however many thousands of words it is but it is it's it's such a strange thing to sort of let go of it at the end isn't mm. it what you're saying there about the kind of the writing thing and and wishing you could have tweeted it I must admit it took me a long time to realize that the PhD that I did, which is in a completely random subject compared to what I do now, was, <laughs> it, it was not, the PhD product wasn't that important. It was the training that I undertook. Mm. So the idea that at the start you couldn't, you couldn't have imagined writing thousands and thousands of words, but the end, you, in the end you did, you, you were able to sort of build up to that. It's all about that training, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think I really appreciated that. You don't appreciate that when you're in it, do you? Really, I don't think. I think it's it's easier to step back from it, and and maybe as I was going along, and I got to that point where I thought, yeah, okay, I'm I'm going to tackle this chapter, and um, and I found that I could, you know, produce a chapter. Rather, I think I think I, I the first big chunk that I wrote about was my methodology, and I did that quite early on, but it took so long to get through that chapter, and it was the longest mm. longest chapter in the thesis. And then after that, it bit by bit, each one 
I think became a little bit easier to tackle and to eventually kind of find the shape of it but again I, I had to do quite a lot I'm not one of those people who could just kind of get it all down I had to kind of do quite a lot of starting thinking sticking some vague ideas together and then and then finding the shape it would take you know it didn't just happen so it didn't happen easily I remember reading like some of the first chapters I wrote after I'd written a few more chapters and thinking well that's <laughs> just rubbish and can lead to complete rewriting and I ended up writing like rewriting chapters over and over again just just yeah. to make it all sound like it was part of one piece of work in the end because they end up sounding different, don't they? Yes, yeah. yeah, it's really, very strange, isn't it? Because it takes, you know, I, you start the writing and, and certainly my writing took place over quite a long period of time in the mm. end. Particularly in a project as large as a, a, a doctoral project. You mm. know, it is a huge undertaking. Yes. And it's not going to be linear. No, and I think the, the sooner people realise that, I think that really helps. <laughs> and it, it, it's not something that you can sometimes grasp at the start in a way is it because and often because you have particular linear things that you're supposed to do you know you've mm. got you've got to go to a I don't know a progression or a, a whatever yeah. whatever they're called in different you know different universities and things you've got to meet someone's targets somewhere along the way and that tends to be quite linear but but I think as you you know if you're supported and if, you, if you're well supported as a, as a as a researcher then you should kind of get the sort of get the support to, to realize that yeah you know you've just got to find your way haven't you find your way through the, the maze bit by bit. I'd really like to be able to share that with some kind of current PhD students about you know don't worry this is this is the kind of process. Don't worry it feels awful just you'll get through it yeah. Yeah yeah and, and by the time I mean you'll be you'll be just like Diana you'll look back and it'll be wonderful <laughs> and you'll look back at it really positively. <laughs>